Hello and welcome to the Zombies Podcast. My name is Dan Bird and you are joining me on this wonderful Monday morning here in the United Kingdom. The NFL action is just three weeks away here and we are massively excited here on the Zombies Podcast to be bringing you um, the, the start of the season as well as our 32-team breakdown of everyone's actions in the, in the pre-season, their draft, free agency, everything they've done so far in the in the preseason, as well as a little bit of uh, preseason action, although I don't really take too much notice of all the preseason games. However, we'll break down some of the uh, the good games uh, from this weekend. Whereas we have the Arizona Cardinals going down to the Raiders, Kyler Murray not looking too great in the new offense, but obviously they're going to be masking that to a certain degree. Uh, my Green Bay Packers looked a bit disheveled uh, with the starting unit there on, on, on the new look defense. Um, Lamar Jackson just taking. Taking the raw Mickey out of Jerry Alexander, just leaping over him for that, for that touchdown that w- would have been if it wasn't for Willie Sneed and his illegal block. Um, the Patriots going over the Titans again. Uh, their their new running back Lewis is looking fantastic. Um, they, they love getting Lewis is there. Uh, he looks incredible. Uh, the Bengals again looking like they're getting back on track in that wide open AFC North. Um, there's no real set winner in that division in my opinion. Um, the Bengals could easily take that if they get good quarterback play out of Andy Dalton, who usually gives it one year out of two. So it really depends on, on, on Andy Dalton, really. Um, but I can see a little bit of, of an upturn in the Bengals there. They've got rid of Fontes Perfect and got rid of all that noise. Now they're just honing in on that mentality they've always had, really, under Marvin Lewis, but sort of toning it in the right direction under Zach Taylor. Um, and, and yeah, there's not really too many massive headlines from the preseason here. Um, we have one injury concern from, from training camp, which is and James going down uh, for the for the Los Angeles Chargers in, in, in training. Um, they're going to miss three months with a, with a stress fracture in his foot, which is just a killer for them, really. He was the linchpin on their defense a year ago. Um, they, they brought in Adrian Phillips from the Denver Broncos, who, who can sort of take up the slack in that safety position. Uh, but it's, it's not quite the same player. Uh, as, as much as he's a decent player for Denver last year, Derwin James really did uh, take the lead by storm in that safety position. Maybe should have won Defensive Player of the Year. That that one's debatable, really. Um, but <clears throat> he's been incredible for them already in his rookie season, and he needs to get over this stretch factor quickly and maybe be back for, the, for, for their playoff run if they make it. Um, in further news, obviously, we have the Antonio, Antonio Brown uh, drama and debacle um, where what you do with him really uh, he's obviously a talented wide receiver he obviously can make a difference for your team and get that get you over a thousand yards over 10 touchdowns in a season however do you really want to deal with all the the off-field nonsense that comes with Antonio Brown that one's debatable really again like I say um, I, I wouldn't if I was Mike Mayock I would be sort of cutting my losses here because he's, he's not turning up. And as Mayock said, are you all in or are you all out? And there, there comes a point where you need to send the right message to the rest of the roster who 89 of the guys there are, are, are busting their tail, are really giving everything to try and make the roster. And obviously some, some are guaranteed, some are not. And Antonio Brown will be guaranteed 53-man roster spot if he turns up. Um, but do you really want to send that message to the rest of the, rest of the, the, the locker room? Obviously, that they're trying to build a culture there in, in Oakland. Um, Mike Mayock has done a decent job in the draft, I feel. Uh, he, he maybe should have gone for a quarterback in, in, in the top of the draft. Obviously, Derek Carr is debatable, and we'll get into that um, on th- 
Thursday's episode, I believe, of the, of the Zambia's podcast here, uh, as we break down two teams per day for the first two weeks, and then we'll ramp it up as, as the season starts to come into our, uh, our full view here um, in about three weeks' time, which is utterly exciting. Um, and another bit of pre-season news, we have Kea Vervik, uh, the, the new kicker slash punter for the Minnesota Vikings, who I've been pitching this for quite quite a long time where you have one guy doing both jobs i don't see why that's such a difficult a difficult task i mean obviously you have it in in rugby union and that just may be my my um my bias there from being from the uk and watching a lot of rugby union but they have one kicker who plays kicks drop kicks uh clears it from from inside the 22 in rugby union um and i, I don't see why you couldn't train and mold one guy to, to do both jobs <clears throat> And obviously the Vikings are trying to are trying to do that, which you know it, it makes sense. I mean, roster spots are key uh, in the NFL. You want to be able to keep um, an extra guy, maybe an extra linebacker or an extra wide receiver. So obviously injuries are, are a massive part of this game, and having that extra roster spot saved by a guy being able to do both, and he did both really really well um, in the preseason. He sort of he had a kick inside the inside the twelve, a punt, sorry, inside the twenty, which is the, the ideal, really, if you're keeping it inside the 20. You also had a, a, a decent long field goal in that game. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't see why that wouldn't be uh, a good idea for most other teams to start chasing, really. Obviously, you need to find the right guy, and this guy has a football, English football, European football background, and that's important. But there's always been my argument of getting older rugby union players kickers to, to come into the league and maybe try that. Uh, try kicking uh, to start with, and obviously punting is a very similar, a similar role to what they do from kickoffs and uh, playing in rugby union inside the twenty-two, where you're clearing your lines. Obviously, you kick from the side there rather than straight on, but it's it's an adaptable, it's an adaptable thing to be able to do. Um, and the league really needs to take this on. I feel if I was in the league, I'd be pursuing this quite hard, like the Vikings are, um, and. Yeah, I don't see why they they wouldn't be, to be honest. Um, and finally, just looking at some of the other scores here, I don't really pay, as I said, too much attention to the preseason games um, until the final week when you you see guys in or out of of the roster bubble. Now they're keeping ninety until until the end of the end of the preseason. I don't particularly um, pay too much attention because there's not too much to win or lose here. Obviously, guys on on that roster bubble uh, need to be performing in, more in more in training really than than on, on game day because you're playing alongside people who won't even be in the CFL in a couple of years' time. So there's there's not too much to take away from from the uh, the actual game. Now, obviously, we've we've seen Christian Wade in, in the NFL UK here who has been making big splashes by having 58 yard runs against pub players. Um, which is really starting to irk me with NFL UK and the fact that they're uh, it, it, the, the guy needs to prove it against first stringers and then maybe then you'll take a bit of notice of what he's doing but I think he'll even struggle to make make the 53 um, maybe he makes it as a third as a third or fourth back um, making punt returns etc but I don't think he'll make it solely on being a running back he'll need to be able to Return punts and kicks and play special teams. Obviously, he's got blistering, blistering acceleration. Where special teams, that's, that's quite keen. You haven't got that run up that they that they cleared that rule 
um, last off season when you can't have that five yard run up before the the kickoff is made where you you would need to be uh, flying uh, down down the field now to try and make an impact and try and stop the ball getting to the twenty five yard line um, and he could be good for that like I say but he needs to be able to do more than just make make big runs against pub pub uh, level players um, which he has been doing at the moment uh, Sam Darnold looked decent as well from the bits and pieces I've seen against the Falcons in his first quarter. Um, the, the, the Jets have a really bright bright future there. We'll be talking about those guys tomorrow in our in our roundup of their their free agency. Um, Le'Veon Bell was the right guy to go after from the Steelers after all, uh, rather than Antonio Brown, which makes makes no sense really. Le'Veon Bell sat out last year, and but I'm, I'm pleased if he can come back and make an impact for the Jets because they're, 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 they are a franchise which... Have suffered lots, and that they deserve a bit of a bit of that playoff run. And obviously, they're going to have to get past Tom Brady and the Patriots, which is always always a challenge. But that uh, they'll be able to to make a run. I feel in that in AFC, which is very top heavy, and then the, the the guys in in the middle of the mix are very similar, like the Titans, Jaguars, uh, the the Bengals, and everyone in the AFC North are very very similar. Levels, in my opinion, I'll be ranking them uh, as we get closer to the season, and obviously during the season you've got my power rankings and all the other things that come along. So this is sort of the the, the pilot episode. I may sound rusty. I've been out of the podcast game for a little while now, but I'll be getting my fluency back, I am sure. So as we continue on here, I want to give you a little bit of a breakdown of how uh, that the podcast will work over the over the coming season and future seasons. So it is going to be hosted by me to start with. Um, obviously, as we as we develop here, we'll get some guests and have some special guests on the show and interview them during the season and get their thoughts on what whatever happens in this wonderful world of the of the NFL. Um, but just just to start with, it'll just be me. Um, in the preseason, I'll have my breakdowns of all 32 teams, like I say. We'll be going through some of the news, some of the preseason information, some of the preseason hot takes, injuries. And then from there, each show will be around half an hour long. Uh, they'll be on it every day, uh, Monday to Friday. And then each each day during the season, I'll have different, different takes. So obviously, the Monday will have uh, reviewing all the games that have gone by. Um, Tuesday will be my tape where I've gone and watched every game on Game Pass and analysed it uh, and give you guys my my take on it in a more in depth way rather than just giving you the reactions of the score and the game and the box score and what I saw on Red Zone etc. Uh, Wednesdays will be the power rankings. Thursdays hopefully we'll have some interviews with some guests. Obviously we'll be previewing Thursday night football. Um, going through Monday night football on Tuesdays etc. Um, and then Fridays will be previewing, uh, previewing the, the weekends. Actually, giving you some betting tips, um, giving you my my picks for the week, uh, etc. Things like that. So that's that's going to be the rundown of the show. They're going to be around half an hour episodes. Obviously, in the preseason, that may fluctuate with how much I've got to talk about. Um, with, with 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 the breakdowns, hopefully, I'll get to that half an hour mark. But you guys will be able to judge that when you're listening to the show. Um, so just that's just how the show is going to run. Uh, in, in my head at the moment obviously that's open to change and if we're getting interview spots etc we'll be extending that show a little bit so rather than me continuing to ramble on let's go ahead and dive into the the uh, these breakdowns here we're going in draft order um so we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals as always and they had a particularly woeful season in 2019 um where they they totally looked hopeless really Josh Rosen wasn't the guy and they shipped him out to, to Miami, and they brought in their new coach, Kiff, Klings, Kiff Klingsbury, um, and and picked up Kyler Murray, obviously at number one in the draft. Where 
that's a, a divisive pick, really. I, I'm not sure whether he is a number one pick, a quarterback. Obviously, the, the quarterback position, the, the value is massively uh, overinflated. But uh, we're, we're, he seems to be Cliff's guy, and he wanted him in there. And obviously, that, that's the system they're going to have to run, uh, where, whereby it's sort of an air raid system from college, where Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was was a bit of a genius down in in those in that rank there. But obviously we've seen a similar thing with Chip Kelly where he tried to bring his offense in. It worked for a little while and then the NFL defenses and coordinators have worked it out since then. Uh, Kyler Murray has looked inconsistent in, in the preseason. Um, obviously at Oklahoma, he, he, he looked great and was had a good, great uh, last season there and that obviously encouraged him to, the Cliff's opinion, pick him up. Um as the number one pick in the draft, and they've done better uh, later on in the rounds, I believe, than rather than just picking Murray, which is obviously the headline and everything. But uh, Andy Isabella in the second round is a fantastic pickup. Uh, he looked great on tape. Um, Byron Murphy was, for all intents and purposes, leading up to the draft, was the number one corner on the board uh, on, on most people's draft boards um, and, and they picked him up in the second round as the, the first pick of the second round also Zach Allen um, who showed flashes in college but needs to, to show a little bit more uh, at this level uh, picking up in the third round Hakeem Butler and Deontay Thompson in fourth and fifth where Deontay Thompson again was um, a top ranked safety um, on most people's boards coming into the coming into the season and then obviously he, he fell down as his performances worsened um, towards the end, back end of the college season, and then they've got Mister Irrelevant, Caleb Wilson, um, a pick two five four, who has looked decent actually in, in the preseason and may make the roster um, as Mister Irrelevant, which would be great to see. I picked up a pick for a couple of my deeper fantasy leagues, um, and he, he's looked okay. Obviously, he's not going to be spectacular right away. He is pick two five four, which is a real throwaway, throwaway selection. Uh, if there are any of those in the NFL draft these days. Um, and that that's the breakdown of their draft, really. They've they've done decent bits. Um, obviously, swapping Rosen for Murray is, is the headline in that, and only time will tell whether that's been worth worth the trade. Um, but I can't I can't judge that just now. I'll be able to see it um, as we go into the season and uh, in free agency. They picked up some decent uh, veteran guys. Jordan Hicks uh, from Philadelphia is a decent linebacker. Obviously, he's had some injury issues um, over his time in the league. He's He's a decent uh, middle linebacker. He'll be going alongside Hassan Reddick um, in that in that defense, um, and obviously they've got the two edge, the two edge defenders. One of them now is Terrell Suggs, um, who obviously is he's a bit of a band aid selection, if you like, uh, a bit of a bit of a plastering over the crack there. Um, him and Chandler Jones will need to be able to show that veteran that veteran instinct for for getting for getting sacks and pressures. Uh, but I don't think Terrell Suggs will be there. Much longer than this season, to be honest. It's it's really going to be really really strange seeing him in a different uniform, other than that, other than that hideous purple that the Ravens playing. Um, where yeah, I I I'd like to see Suggs have a good end <clears throat> end to his career, but uh, I'm I think in Arizona he may struggle. That defense doesn't look particularly good. They put up Jr. Sweezy to to slit sit in their offensive line, which is looking rather terrible. At the moment, unfortunately, um, yeah, that's going to be the biggest Achilles heel, I think, for the for the Arizona Cardinals in 2019-2020, uh, where that they just won't have the protection for Murray, and he'll be scrambling all over the place, and a lot of the a lot of the players will be improvised, um, and that's maybe the way that Cliff Kingsbury wants to 
wants the offense to run. He wants it to be frantic, and he wants it to be a bit like the Aaron Rodgers system in Green Bay, where a lot of it is just uh, Rodgers uh, coordinating it on the field, where uh, that was sort of by the end of the Mike McCarthy era, where there was a big split uh, between him and him and Rodgers, and that was the, the cause of it. Uh, it was that Rodgers was improvising too much on the field and not going through his reads. Um, there was a bit of Robert Alford who suffered a broken leg in the preseason, so that that's going to set their cornerback, um, you know, it's going to set that back a little bit. But I don't think Robert Alford at this stage of his career was going to make too much of a big impact. Uh, just playing along, along opposite side to Patrick Peterson, uh, who obviously is a top talent um, in this league and has been for a long time. And it's just been unfortunately some some rough teams. Obviously in the, in the Bruce Arians era, they had a chance there um, with him and Matthew and uh, Carson Palmer leading the way at quarterback and bringing in David Johnson, who's going to be a really really key player for them. I feel this season if the offensive line can just block a little bit for him, he's he's a talent. Obviously he had that horrific injury um, around eighteen months ago, but th- th- I think David Johnson is the key to that offense more than Kyler Murray. More than Larry Fitzgerald, more than Christian Kirk, he he is the the linchpin. Who'll be able if he can get over a thousand yards, get ten scores, the, the Cardinals won't be as bad as we all as we all think they're going to be. Um, obviously, I've I've put in some some players here on, on my list who are sort of key keys for their for their upcoming season. We have Kyler Murray. Obviously, we'll see how he gets on. We've spoken about him at length here. Um, Andy Isabella is going to be a bit of a key. Key Cog and probably play in the slot to start with and then transition outside. Uh, Christian Kirk will play some in the slot too, as well as Larry Fitzgerald, actually. Um, I think that will be a bit of a, a rotating wide receiver core, um, and he will be the standout, in my opinion, and more than Kirk, who hasn't really shown it in his uh, rookie season, and I don't think he'll show it upcoming here either. Um, and obviously, Larry Fitzgerald's coming to the twilight of his of his career now and they'll want to be able to give him uh, and pass that information on to Andy Isabella of how to be like Larry Fitzgerald which is going to be a challenge uh, but I'm sure Larry is the the ideal teacher for him Um, and then moving on to the defence we've got Chandler Jones who was great in New England and obviously once you leave New England you forget how to play football completely which seems to be the way Uh, but he, he has talent at getting sacks and pressures and I still look good even in the the, the, the bad years now of, of the Arizona Cardinals. And then finally, we've got safety Buda Baker, who has been one of the star the starlets of that pretty awful defense, uh, which on paper has pieces, but should, shouldn't should be as bad as it is. Um, and hopefully they can get that sorted out uh, this, this season for, for, for Cardinals fans. Uh, but Buda Baker is a talent at safety. Um, you have Patrick Peterson in the corner, him at safety. You have Jordan Hicks now in the middle of the defense, uh, possibly calling the plays. You have Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs off the edge, and they have Zach Allen who will probably play some um, at, at right end um, or defensive end for them. And the Arizona Cardinals won't be spectacular this season. They won't be ripping up any trees. They're in a really, really tough division uh, with the Seahawks, with the Rams, and with the San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be a really tough division for them to break in. Um, and make an impact. Maybe five wins will be top level for them, and that will be good. And they'll give Murray some some rub and say, "Look, I can do this at this level, etc." Um, but speaking of the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, they're going to be our second team. We're breaking down here. Obviously, they had the number two pick um, in in this year's draft, and they picked up Nick Bosa, who 
was probably the consensus best player in the draft um, on, on most people's uh, top boards, and I'm, he's going to be a, a big star for them. I, I can see. Um, obviously, they've had some issues with getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, there's been a lot of draft capital over the last three years on on defensive ends and and pass rushers, and that now is transition. They spent more draft capital on on defensive end and and. and yeah, and that's hopefully now that they've figured it out and they'll be able to get that defense, which will be able to make an impact and help Jimmy Garoppolo out. Um, and also they picked up a couple of wide receivers, Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd, who Jalen Hurd I picked up in, in a lot of fantasy redraft leagues and, and um, in my <laughs> dynasty leagues. Um, and he looks a, a talent. Obviously, he's a raw talent, but he looks a talent nonetheless picking him up. In the third round was a was a, was a steal for them. Uh, a bit of Caden Smith at tight end who is athletic. He's also raw and he needs tuning by Kyle Shanahan. But he, he one of the best teachers in the NFL is Kyle Shanahan, and he will be able to get the best out of these uh, offensive gadget players, um, like he has done with Jarek McKinnon in the past and will do in the future. Uh, and Tevin Coleman, who's re- rejoined the, the, the team and etc. Um, but their draft was a bit more understated. They picked up players who I don't think are going to make an impact right now, but give it two years and they'll be top players for them. Um, but they have sort of players ahead of them who are ahead in their development and will be able to sort of bridge the gap to having these second and third round players develop and join the join the roster and make an impact as time goes on where Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be able to come back from that injury he suffered and Hasn't looked too great in the preseason from all accounts. Obviously, I don't watch too much preseason football, but he hasn't looked too good from from what I've been listening to on other other podcasts and reading um, on NFL.com and Roto World, etc. Um, but Garoppolo is is a talent, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to figure it out. Him and Shanahan will be able to figure it out. He got the best out of Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Uh, probably should have won a Super Bowl there, and I'm, I'm sure that him and Garoppolo will be able to get it get it figured out. He's got a lot of pieces around him. He's got a young budding offensive lineman, Mike McClinchy, a tackle, um, and they'll be able to get that that figured out, I'm sure. They brought in Tevin Coleman, as I said, who is a, a really, really solid talent. He's a third down back. He plays all three downs if you need him to. I don't think he'll be sort of the sole focus. You've got Matt Breeder there. You'll have McKinnon coming back from his horrific injury, and they'll have a really good running back uh, by committee. Uh, which seems to be the way NFL teams are going these days, where they all have different roles in the offense, and Shanahan loves that, where he had, in Atlanta, he had Freeman, and he had uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, as well as Ito Smith, doing all the tricky gadget plays, and Coleman was the key cog of that, where he was making plays at the backfield and taking a lot of the strain off Julio Jones and and the other receivers for Atlanta a couple of years ago. He also picked up Jason Verrett from, from the Chargers, who was a good corner. Um, has not really hit the, the levels he has uh, the last couple of years, but alongside Richard Sherman, uh, he'll play on the other side to Sherman, and that is a, a decent one to a uh, defensive, defensive unit there. They'll be able to shut down most teams. Um, and I, 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 Yeah, Verrett is a, is a very decent corner. He's, he's shown flashes of that. Uh, during during the seasons uh, in in uh, Los Angeles and San San Diego, uh, and they also brought Jordan Matthews from wide res- from Philadelphia uh, as a wide receiver. Who I was saying before, they they have players to bridge the gap for Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel to sort of 
bed in slowly and develop at their own at their own pace. They have Matthews, they have Deontay Pettis, who they that they will have as a one two receiving receiving core. I don't think the wide receivers will matter too much when they've got Coleman and Matt Breeder in the backfield who are all are both sort of three down backs and will make a will make a difference. And just to round it off, they also traded for D Ford uh, from Kansas City who I think they spent quite a bit of capital to get D Ford and I'm I'm not sure about that trade if I'm honest they have enough uh, pass rushes already there um, but obviously that seems to be the way that they're going on defense where it's getting to the quarterback and not allowing their zone defense behind that to be to be shown up uh, obviously Sherman plays a lot of zone he played a lot of zone in Seattle um, and now Verrett will be able to play that, that zone alongside him um, where in Los Angeles they were playing a little bit of man but I'm sure the, the the two zones they'll set there as as the corners and they'll bring a lot of blitzes and a lot of exotic looks, uh, a lot of nickel blitz, blitzes as well. Akidio Weatherspoon is a is a talent to, to get into the quarterback from that nickel spot. And as I was saying, I've got a couple of key players for for San Francisco as well this season. Deontay Pettis is a key player. He's been talked about a lot in the preseason as a, a developing talent. Uh, Garoppolo, of course, needs to show uh, the, the the levels he did. Um, in, in those couple of games where Tom Brady was suspended a couple of years ago, Eric Armstead is kind of on his last chance now for for San Francisco, being a really top player um, on that defensive line, and needs to be able to get pressures and sacks and, and tackles for loss uh, this season. Uh, Sherman is obviously a key wherever he is, whoever he's playing for. He attracts a lot of media attention. Uh, he was the best cornerback in the league. He's not not so much now, but he he was a real shut down corner for Seattle during their 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 big time with the Legion of Boom and he he needs to show they still got that. Um obviously aging a little bit now and will be on his last last couple of seasons here but needs to be able to, to shore up that defence and give San Francisco a chance to make a push uh in the NFC West. And we've got Fred Warner who really came out of nowhere last season and took over as in their linebacking course. Got Kawan Alexander uh, with him now, but they also bought in from from Tampa Bay. I forgot about that one in my uh, free agency roundup. But him and him and uh, Alexander will be a decent linebacking tandem. Uh, there, Quan Alexander is is a very good player. Um, questions about his motor and his effort, but I'm sure that that isn't going to be the case in San Francisco. That 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 linebacking core is, is looking decent, and the, and the defense on paper is looking good. Maybe not for this season, but for next, I'm sure. And then obviously you've got the wide receivers developing and. San Francisco have got the makings of a very, very good roster um, to come. I am sort of, I'm not, I want to say pleased, I'm not a San Francisco fan, but um, obviously older older fans of the, of the league know that the 49ers is a powerhouse and um, and I sort of have had a lot of pain from the San Francisco 49ers as a Green Bay fan where they beat us in a few NFC's, NFC playoff games and Colin Kaepernick has taken the, the Royal Schmeichel um, out of us um, in Green Bay uh, during, during Aaron Rodgers' peak um, and now obviously we're in a rebuild but that's that's to come uh, not too far away now that'll be next week where I talk about my Green Bay Packers and that'll bring us towards the end of the show here I'm really pleased that you've listened all the way through give us a like rating give us a a review on iTunes let me know where I'm going wrong because obviously like I say I'm, I'm pretty new fresh into the, into the podcasting world and I want to be able to tone the, the show to, to the, the listeners liking um in the preseason, obviously there's not going to be too much to talk about in, in the news articles and the episodes maybe a little bit shorter but obviously you've got my 
my season previews of all 32 teams and then we'll get into the, the real meat and potatoes of the season um, as we come along here. So thank you very much for listening. I'll be seeing you guys tomorrow for another <laughs> dose of NFL discussion and chat um, on a wonderful Tuesday here in the United Kingdom. So thank you very much for listening and goodbye.